0: So if you'll, if you'll turn in your, in your Bibles, uh, the passage for us this morning that I've selected is 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17. And, uh, let's go ahead. I think things are even more divisive today than they were five years ago. So what, I, what I'd like to do just real quick is play a little game of uh, who, which president does this sound like? ready? I know I'm taking a risk, but which, which president does this sound like? Here we go. The bumbling man who became a leader against all odds. He showed strange inconsistency of temper, a crazy man. mind at the time of the writing of this passage, under which Peter wrote. I'm speaking of Nero, the Emperor Nero, Uh, Claudius, he was the bumbling man, okay, Uh, and Tiberius. And if we want to add one more, check check out this guy, Caligula. Conversation that lit lit up, okay, or, or... Twitter and wants you okay to our deeds that we are Christ and that, and that we have some even yeah come from God's Word through that American political framework, because Peter's not talking about American freedom here, right? Um, what is Peter talking about? Well, as a disciple of Jesus, he's has in mind maybe uh, words like this from from John 8:34 through 36. This is when he's washing his disciples' feet. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. What is the freedom that we have in Christ? It's the freedom from the power of sin and the penalty of sin which is a far nobler kind of freedom. It's a far all-encompassing freedom than merely the ability to do what we want to do, go where we want to in in society, this side of heaven. And this is the gospel. This is what it means in 2 Corinthians 3.17 when it says, Now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. and then the law and what it was powerless to do. Christ set me free from the law of sin and death. That's what Paul has to say about freedom. And this freedom, then, is not to be used as a covering for evil. Okay? It's not to be used as a covering for evil. The fact that our sins have been forgiven us, the fact that we have our consciences sprinkled clean with with the blood of Christ, is not an excuse to then bend the rules and say, you know what, I don't, I don't even have to listen to the governing authorities because I serve King Jesus. That doesn't mean there aren't times when we need to look at what Caesar says and what Christ says and say, no, these are in opposition and I'm going to follow Christ. And it and it calls for spiritual wisdom to discern those things. Um, we cannot use our freedom as a license to do evil, and I and I don't mean like big evil, okay. And, and Peter's going to talk about this. You know, nobody should suffer as a murderer, as a thief. Yeah, and and we shouldn't and we shouldn't use the forgiveness and the pardon we have in Christ for those little pet sins we like to cherish. Um, how is it then uh, that we might be able to silence those who foolishly uh, say things against Christ and His Church? Here's a great uh, anecdote from history. This is related by uh, was related by Tim Keller in his book Ministries of Mercy, uh, and this is from a letter. ...that the Emperor Julian wrote uh, in around A.D. 360. He wrote this letter to a priest because uh, he was a pagan priest. Julian the Emperor wanted to revive paganism. He wanted to revive the Roman gods and goddesses and all the temple worship and all of that stuff, right? But he had a problem. He had a problem. He discovered, to his disgust, that these older religions were crumbling and falling to the rising popularity of the Christian faith. Why? Here's what he writes. There had Let me give you a context. There had been a plague. Again, this is five five years ago, okay? I'm looking at this going, wow. (laughs) There had been a massive plague, right? Uh, Death everywhere and and all of that. And and guess what? He says the Christians rose to the occasion. No one else would go near the sick, but here's what he says. It is disgraceful. That while the impious Christians, he calls them impious because they don't honor the, you know, uh, Jupiter and, and, and Saturn, you know, all of those, the impious Christians support both their own poor and ours as well. And when they do that, all men see that our people lack aid from us. Isn't that astonishing? What an amazing vision to pray for as a church. As, not just as a local congregation, perhaps, in our community. But man, wouldn't it be great to see that again? For, the world to, to, for, for world leaders to kind of grind their teeth over the fact that Christians actually don't just take care of their own, they take care of even their political, cultural, ethnic Social enemies, the repugnant social other. So Christ made us free. Why? So that we could serve. And it's by our service, our good works of service, that we may put to silence those who ignorantly and foolishly oppose our faith. That leads to our last idea. Christ's servants will be known by their honor, love, and holy fear now let's be clear when it says honor everyone love the brotherhood fear God honor the emperor notice the order we read that as oh wow the emperor gets a lot actually the emperor falls last in that list that's a little bit of a tweak right it's a there's an honor sandwich but who gets honor first everyone and let's also make an observation to honor does not necessarily mean to obey right I can honor my children without obeying my children I can honor my wife without obeying my wife Jesus honored his disciples even though he didn't obey his disciples, what does it mean to honor? to honor simply means to esteem, to, to give esteem to 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 treat as valuable and worthy. And so it's clear why we are to honor everyone. Why do we honor everyone? because everyone bears the image of God. every person on this planet bears the image of god think about the most amazing work of creation the most amazing think of all those pictures people post online i don't know i i love looking at the new astronomy pictures anybody have their minds blown by like the mars rover and it's like here's what it looks like you know the martian sky and uh you know the andromeda galaxy and all of these amazing mind-blowing works of creation But every person in this room, down to these little children, every one is magnitudes more magnificent and closer to reflecting who God is than all of that. That, That's not my original thought. Somebody, Somebody told me that. And it just blew my, blew my heart. <laughs> and I need to remember that when I'm in traffic. I have a good friend who, he, he, he has a little mantra to himself, because he can get the, you know, and he just, he reminds himself, that person is made in the image of God. <laughs> Show them honor, okay? Okay. All right. Even when they're not honoring the rules of the road, perhaps. And notice the order. It's important that we recognize that God here in this little lineup is not the emperor. And the emperor is not God. So we can't idolize Or idealize our political leaders because none of them can save us from what threatens us most, which is the power of sin. In fact, our leaders can't even, they're not even the best ones to protect us from the power of other people's sin, let alone our own, right? So, do we struggle with this today? Do we confuse God and emperor sometimes? Do we, maybe maybe we don't do that exactly. We don't we don't worship our, our leaders as gods. Uh, Americans don't do that. In case, right? We just don't do that. Um, but maybe we go the other way. Uh, we confuse American values, or democratic values, or Republican values, or conservative values, or, or whatever. Fill in your political label with Christian values. C.S. Lewis has these sobering words in the screw tape letters. He's talking, uh, these are the words of a fictitious demon who is uh, coaching his nephew on how best to undermine the faith uh, of a new Christian. He He says, get him in politics. He says, let him under the influence of partisan spirit come to regard it as the most important part of being a Christian then quietly and gradually nurse him onto the stage at which the religion becomes merely part of the cause. And once you have made the world an end, the world an end, and faith as a means to that end, you have almost won your man. And it will make little difference what kind of worldly end he is nursing, provided that meetings, pamphlets, policies, movements, causes, and crusades matter more to him than prayers, and sacraments and charities serving Christ. So again, don't mistake me. I do believe Christians have a role to play in civil and local government. We need to have wisdom in that. But we need to ask a critical question. Today, is our political cause serving Christ? Or are we just using Christ to serve our political cause? We have to remember... As It says in Philippians 3.20 that our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are aliens and strangers here. And we should also remember Proverbs 21.1 as we pray. I loved just joining with you, Oscar. Thank you for that pastoral prayer. Proverbs 21:1 I'm thinking of Cuba and all these all these places and praying for our leaders. Remember what it says in Proverbs the king's heart is like a watercourse God can bend it for his purposes. I don't pray that enough. We're, Paul asks, you know, first of all I have entreaties and prayers we get be given for all men, right? Leaders and people in authority. I love I love I love hearing that and participating in that this morning. So in summary, the paradox here is that submission to God brings freedom. In submission to God, there is freedom. And this freedom then is manifest in our service. It's manifest in our love and in our honor for everyone. Not just the emperor above all, but everyone. And God is sovereign. He's sovereign over all the emperors and the governors and the local magistrates. The Department of Public Health. All of it. I want to close with uh, an Old Testament passage and some some questions for uh, meditation and application here. Um, I think we are not living in much of a Christian nation any longer. I'm saying that as a public school teacher, okay? and, and I'm just look, watching the culture around me. I think we're living in something more like Babylon. So when I think of that, I think of guys like Daniel, the book of Daniel, who lived under all of these different rulers, right? And just watched all of them just fall down. I'm thinking of the Lion's Den passage. Maybe if we're familiar with that one. um, This horrible piece of legislation, right, that was specifically used to target Daniel and his religious convictions and his simple habit of daily prayer, right? It was buried under some fine print or something. Darius, you know, rubber stamps it, whatever, and then goes, oh, crud. (laughs) <laughs> we gotta throw Daniel to the line, and he, you know, bureauc- bureaucracy, right? Oh, I'm sorry, my hands are tied. You know, that, I'm paraphrasing, but think how familiar this sounds, right? There's nothing I can do. You know, it's just that's the way it is, right? And Daniel is facing almost certain death, these man-eating lions, and of course, God spares his life. But what stri- strikes me about that story is Darius can't sleep. He's just beside himself. And he goes, first thing, okay, I fulfilled it. And he goes, and he's, he's expecting to see, you know, maybe remainders of Daniel, right? But he yells down into the den of Elias, Daniel, are you, are you alive? And the first thing out of Daniel's mouth, Daniel 6.21. I can think of what would have been the first thing out of my mouth. It might not be <laughs> very godly. It might be just a gesture with my hand or something, right? But what does Daniel say? "O king, may you live forever. What? May you live forever? That's honor. That's submitting to the governing authorities, and that's still, and and yet honor. Can we say, so here are some questions for application. Maybe as, you're, as, we, as we close off, write down some names, one or two or six, of leaders, of departments, of, of things where you, you're having a hard time showing honor, right? And ask yourselves, can I, could I say, live forever? And by live forever, I mean I want you to know what I know, which is that these kingdoms will all fall. Your political regime will come to an end. Death will come, or Christ will come back first. And I want you to know life eternal because of what he did on the cross. Christ, Christ submitted himself. To the governing authorities, did he not? Even when those governing authorities were unjust. When they broke every rule in the book to get him on that cross. And why did he do it? He did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for these little ones. He did it for everyone who will call on his name. Can we say... To those people in our minds that we might just grind our teeth over, live forever. Can we bless them with that prayer? And can we win them to that? Can can we be used as instruments to help win them to that by being faithful and and serving? I love this. I love this. So that's one. Can we we pray for those? Number two, maybe deeper down, do I fear? You're up next. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. That never happens. It never happens at our church. I wish it, well, it should happen more, yeah but one, one time we did have a dog bark in our in our in our service cuz we were seeing eye dog you know and, and our pastors was preaching and he just kept going you know it was great but he finally wait was that a dog okay it was great the, the early church uh, was was far less chiseled and buffed and polished you know than often the way we do church right it was you know children of israel all that you know, just <laughs> yeah okay uh, but a good question and this is a question I have for me and maybe this will bless you is a question to meditate on and talk in, in, in your um, if you have discussion groups or Bible studies or, or something like we have grace groups what earthly political powers what earthly structures do you find yourself fearing what do, what do I find myself fearing more than I fear God right What are those things where, where I think to myself, if, if I could only just change this, if I could just change this, everything would be fine here on earth. We could just get so-and-so in office. Or we could just pass this new law. Or repeal these laws. Or get somebody on the courts for us. Win this lawsuit. What are those things? And do, I, do I really take that to the Lord in prayer, knowing that he is, is ultimately sovereign? And finally, a question I want to leave us all with. Do I I use my freedom? Do I use my freedom to love and to serve and to honor all people? Or do I use it for myself? I want to become more like Christ, who was the (laughs) the freest human on earth, and yet he submitted all things to the will of his Father. Let's pray. Father, um, thank you for these uh, dear brothers and sisters and thank you for your word. I thank you that we can sit and look into it, Lord. There is so much here. There are more treasures in here than we can even speak of in this short time we have together. So we trust and we rely on your Holy Spirit to speak to us even beyond these moments and throughout our week. I pray that you would bring these things to mind, Lord. Help us to live. As your people, help us to put to silence those who are foolish and ignorant, who, who malign your name, Lord, but not to boost ourselves, but, Lord, so that you would get the glory and that more and more people would be one to the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.